Praise God, you may be seated. Praise the Lord. We're going to pray and get right into the Word, and uh, let's, uh, let's just do that right now. Father, we thank you for speaking to us today. We thank you, Lord, for opening the eyes of our understanding and giving us further revelation on who we are in Christ, what we have, and where we are in you. And we honor you today. We thank you, Lord, for your presence that is so real in this place. Thank you for answering our prayers, for the healing of the bodies, Lord, and for the restoration of the soul and rest into people's lives. We couldn't thank you enough, and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen, amen. amen. Now, in the world, there's a lot of instability, and uh, I think a lot of it stems from people just not knowing who they are. They don't know who they are. And so they're looking for... uh, to find themselves in the wrong places. And uh, as a result, uh, many people are having what they call an identity crisis. You know, even as a born-again believer, you've got to watch out to, from yielding to an identity crisis. You know, if a person's identity is in their looks, I got, good, I got news for you, not good news. Your, your, your looks are going to change. Okay, so when those looks change, your looks change, and you're not solid and stable in who you are in Christ, it's an open door for an identity crisis. Huh? How about when the job changes or the career ends? If a person's identity is wrapped up in that, and uh, it's all over with, it's all gone, all done, people experience identity crisis. That's why we like to drive in who we are in Christ Jesus. And one of the greatest truths that we have discovered in the Word of God is that we have been made the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus as new creations. And uh, in, I looked at a verse yesterday, and it's Isaiah 54 uh, in verse 14. And I'll quote it for you, but it says this. It says, In righteousness thou shalt be established, and thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear. So it's very important to establish yourself in the Word of God concerning your right standing with God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say it with me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, the knowledge of that frees you from oppression. And the understanding of that frees you from the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear. Fear will torment you about your future. But when you're established in the fact that you're a new creation and you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, there's nothing to fear. Instead of fearing your future, you can smile at your future. Knowing this, that God has you on his mind and he will never, ever leave you nor forsake you. Amen. Another scripture, you know, we looked at uh, over in uh, Ephesians, the second chapter in the 10th verse. I want to talk about this just for a moment. Ephesians, uh, the second chapter in the 10th verse says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. That word workmanship is poema, which means that we are his masterpiece, that we are his work of art. Isn't that awesome? Now, there are no two, two human beings identic- identically alike. Even identical twins, they're different. What is it when they take your thumb? They take your fingerprint. Did you know that everyone on the planet has a different fingerprint? No two are alike. That's awesome. 
And you know what that says to me is that I'm substantially different from you and you're substantially different from me. Even though we are all one in Christ Jesus, we all have different graces in our life. We all have a race to run. Now, if you take the Olympics, for example, the Olympics, the goal of the Olympics is for the United States to go to another country and to win the Olympics. And the way that they judge who wins the Olympics is how many gold medals you get. Okay? So as the U.S. goes over and gets more gold medals than another country, they're the winners. But within the Olympics, there are different facets and different people doing different things. There's your sprinters. There's your people that, that do the uh, mile. There's the people that do the long jump. There's people that do shot put. There's people that do pole vaulting. And uh, every one of them has a role for the overall good of winning the Olympics, right? Now, a pole vaulter cannot and must not compare himself or herself with a hundred mile, you know, I mean, a, a hundred yard dash person. It's completely different. A sprinter is different than a shot putter. Now, if you're in the body of Christ, we're all one, right? In Him. And the overall goal is to advance the kingdom of God. To win the gold for the glory of God. But each of us have a different role in the body of Christ. No two races are the same. No two churches are the same. No two musicians are the same. No two ushers are the same. We are all different with different graces, if you will, running, if you will, different races. Amen. And so in the body of Christ, it's very stupid. It would be very dumb for an ear to compare himself with a foot or with a toe. You know, no matter how hard you try, if you're an ear, you'll never make a decent toe. And so the thing is, is we need to be the best ear or the best toe we can possibly be. Now understand this. When God says, you are my workmanship, we are his piece of art. Now, in the world of art, uh, they have different uh, artists, and they may paint the same picture, and it says one of a thousand, or one of two thousand. I think that's probably the same with certain uh, instruments, isn't it, PT? Uh, that w- one of, you know, 300 or so. And you've all heard the term, well, you know what, uh, you know, I'm one in a million, I'm one in a million. No, you're not one in a million, you are one of one. You are one of one. There's nobody like you. There's nobody identical to you. You are one of one. That means for you to compare yourself with anyone else that's substantially different from you is a complete waste of time. You're one of one. You're his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but that does me good. Hallelujah. Now, the Bible says that we are heirs of God. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. When Jesus moved into our lives, he moved into our hearts with everything he has. You and I are part of the royal family of God. And what I want to talk to you this morning is found in Galatians, the third chapter, the 13th verse and the 14th verse. So let's take a look at that. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law 
being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Amen. Now notice verse 14, it says, That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through what? Through faith. Now notice in verse 29. Verse 29 says, And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The Amplified says, If you belong to Christ, you are in Him who is Abraham's seed. You are Abraham's offspring and spiritual heirs according to the promise. What I want to talk to you about today is this. As heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, Abraham's blessing is a part of our inheritance. You are heirs according to God's promise that he made to Abraham. Say it with me, Abraham's blessings are mine. What does this mean? It means that everything that God promised him belongs to you. It has been passed down to you through the Lord Jesus Christ. Abraham's blessing is your inheritance. And so the question is then, how then do I get Abraham's blessing to operate in my life? Very simply put, the blessing of Abraham comes to our lives through faith. It is through faith that you and I become legal heirs of the blessing. And what we're going to look at this morning is what God promised to Abraham. And we're going to rehearse some good news about Abraham's blessings. Say with me, Abraham's blessings are mine. Look at Genesis, this uh, 12th chapter. And uh, notice with me in verse 2. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. And I'm going to look at the Amplified Version. He says, And I will make of you, God speaking to Abraham, I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you with an abundant increase of favors. And I will make your name famous and distinguished. And you shall be a blessing dispensing good to others. So number one, he says, I'm going to make you a great nation. Abraham was the first Hebrew person and God birthed the nation of Israel through him. And if you study the word of God very carefully, you will find out that God told Abraham, I'm going to multiply you. You're going to become a great nation. I'm going to increase you and I'm going to make you powerful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's what God wants to do in my life and in your life. God wants to increase you in every area of your life. God wants to multiply you just like he did Abraham. In Galatians, the third chapter, in the ninth verse, it says this. So then, they which be of faith. Are you of faith? Do you have faith? Say with me, I am a person of great faith. He said this. So then, they which be of faith are about to get blessed. No, you receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So then, they which be of faith, they which plug in to the blessing of Abraham with faith, 
The Bible says they're blessed. They're blessed with faithful Abraham. Hallelujah. I like that. I like the fact that God told you, you are blessed. Now for the blessing to operate in our lives, we must say I'm blessed. To be blessed, we must declare I am blessed. So why don't we do that right now? Say it with me, I am blessed. So this means that everything that God promised to Abraham, he gave to us. Again, I will bless you with an abundant increase of favors. So Abraham was blessed with abundance. In Genesis 24, 1, the Bible says that Abraham was wealthy in livestock. He was wealthy in silver and gold. He wasn't rich when God first called him, but he, came, but he became rich because of the blessing upon his life. Now, don't, uh, don't put the brakes on today. When you talk about being rich, a lot of people think, well, I'm not rich. I don't have two nickels to rub together. God doesn't see the two nickels. He sees you through the eyes of covenant. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, don't you? That though he was rich, he became poor. That you through his poverty might be what? Might be rich. To be rich means to have a full supply. To be rich doesn't mean to just have enough. To be rich means to have more than enough. To be rich means to be blessed. Amen? For your needs to be met but to experience overflow to the degree that you begin to dispense what God has blessed you with to others. That's what Abraham did. Dispensing good to others. And that's what we try to do as a church. Dispensing good to others. Whether you realize it or not, what's happening through Heart of the Bay is a lot bigger than what we see here this morning. Thank God for what's happening here. We don't minimize that. We magnify that. But what's happening through Heart of the Bay Christian Center is literally impacting the nations of the world. Hallelujah. God spoke to Abraham and said, I'm going to make your name great and you're going to have a great impact on the nations. I'm going to make of you a great nation. So if we're following in the footsteps of our father Abraham... We will not just accumulate wealth for our benefit, but we will experience those things, but then we will begin to benefit others. We'll begin to benefit other nations. Amen. Amen. Yes. You know, I was watching uh, Mark and Janet this morning, and they're over in Paris. They had, uh, let's see, two or three days in Brussels where they just went over there to pray. How many of you know the, EC, the EU is over there? Yes. So they had a hotel room right by the EU, and they just prayed for a couple days. Brussels needs prayer. The rapture of the church could happen, and a lot of people in Brussels wouldn't even know it. The rapture of the church could happen in Athens, and they wouldn't even know it. Literally. And so they're over there praying, and they're establishing fire bases over in those nations. And then I watched them this morning. Uh, They were over uh, in Paris. Praise the Lord. And uh, they were greeting their congregation. And last night, they had a Holy Ghost meeting in Paris 
where eight people got saved. Now you think, well, eight people, I mean, what's that? In Paris, that's a landslide. For eight people to get born again in Paris, that is huge. That is big. People's bodies getting healed all over the place. Tomorrow, they're going to board a jet and go to Rome. Tuesday night, they're going to have a Holy Ghost meeting, prayer meeting in Rome. Isn't that awesome? But did you know that you're with them? Somebody says, I am? How am I with them? You're with them in prayer. You're with them in support. We were able to sow close to $10,000 to their ministry. Isn't that good? So what does that mean to us? That means that every soul that is saved, every body that is healed, it's, it, it goes into our account. Amen. Hallelujah. And we get the benefit. We get the reward of it. So you don't literally go to India. You don't literally have to go to India to reach India. You can pray for India. You can sow seed into India. You don't literally have to go to Rome. I'd like to go to Rome. I like Italian food. But you don't literally have to go to Rome to reach the Romans. You can sow seed. So I want you to understand this. We're not just talking about being rich for being rich's sake. We're talking about having a full supply and more than enough and trusting El Shaddai so that we can continue to be blessed. Amen. Now, Raul, for example, he's heading over to, and his wife, Del, they're heading over to the Philippines. They're heading over to the Philippines the last part of October. I saw your itinerary. You guys are going to be really busy. I know you're doing meetings up in Baguio. I know you're doing meetings over there in Mindanao. And you're doing meetings just about in every province in between, it seems like. Amen? So we're going to sow a good seed for their trip. Somebody's, you're not excited about that. We ought to be excited about that. Amen? Why? That means that every minister that is touched over there, every child that comes to Christ, every person that is filled with the Spirit, every person that gets touched by the power of God goes into our account. Amen. Glory to God. Somebody says, well, I sure wish there was more, you know, more happening here at Heart of the Bay. It is happening. You just got to have the eyes of your understanding opened up. You know, I get statistics on the downloads and all the different views that we get just on our Sunday morning service. Thousands and thousands of people from different countries have tuned in. Praise the Lord. And so we give God the glory. And so your seed is important. Your seed is going not only for the furtherance of the gospel here at Heart of the Bay, but also to the nations of the world. So say with me, I am blessed to be a blessing. Because, see, I said all those things because I saw in some of your eyes a glaze. I saw kind of a glaze in your eyes, kind of, oh, he's talking about being rich again. He's talking about money again. Folks, I'm not here to try to get something from you. I'm not here to try to get something from you. I'm trying to get something to you. And the best way that I know how to get something to you is to teach you the Word of God and just make it as plain as I possibly can by the grace of God. (laughs) All right. Now we got that cleared up. Okay. So Abraham also, he had tremendous favor. They said to him, Abraham, you're a prince among us. God can supernaturally elevate you to places of favor and to places of influence. In Psalms, it says this, that promotion comes from the Lord. 
Another thing about Abraham, don't you know he received blessings that he didn't have to work for? Psalms 105 says this, Abraham fell heir to what others had toiled for. Isn't that awesome? We got to get a hold of that. We got to get a hold of that. We got to take the limits off of our mind and get down into our spirit and take scriptures like Proverbs 13, 22, which says that the wealth of the sinner, it's laid up. It's laid up for the just. And last time I checked, you and me are the just. So this wealth that is out there in the world system, there's coming a financial inversion from the gold and the silver of this world into the kingdom of God, into the hands of people that he can trust with it. Hallelujah. Say with me, the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Here's what Deuteronomy says, that he will literally give you houses that you did not build. Wells that you did not dig. And vineyards that you did not plant. Let's just take a look at some of these blessings. Look at Deuteronomy 28. Say with me, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. That the blessing of Abraham comes upon my life through Jesus Christ. And notice here in verses 3 through 6. Oh, this is good. Verse 3 says, Blessed thou shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. That means wherever you are, you are blessed. Verse 4 says, Blessed be the fruit of thy body, the fruit of thy ground, the fruit of thy kind, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. That means whatever you do is blessed. Next verse, Blessed shall be your basket and your store. That means whatever you have is blessed. Next verse, blessed shalt thou be when you come in, and blessed thou shalt be when thou go out. That means wherever you go, you're blessed. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. You're the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. Whatever you have, wherever you go, whatever you own is blessed. That's the blessing. Amen. Amen. Your refrigerator still working after 20 years is the blessing. And if it conks out, the blessing will get you a new one. It'll get you a better one. Amen. The blessing. When this world is falling apart, we're upheld by the power of God. That is the blessing. When calamity is on the right and calamity is on the left, no evil shall befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, because he's given his angels charge over you. My brothers and sisters, that's the blessing. Hallelujah. That's the blessing operating in your life. When all the kids are going crazy and vaping and viping or whatever they're doing. Your kids are in church. Your kids are reading the word of God. Your kids are on fire for God. That is the blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When people are trying to tear our country down, when people are trying to bring our country down, Jesus has said, I'm going to uphold this country. My name is upon this nation. The will of God shall be done and shall be accomplished. That's the blessing. Woo! 
Say you're blessed. You're blessed. I just want to notify you today that you're blessed. Some of you should notify your face and say, I'm blessed. (laughs) Oh, I feel a little radical today. It's all good. Verse 7. It says, The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee, they shall be smitten before thy face. They'll come against you one way, but they'll have to flee before you seven ways. Hallelujah. That word smitten means sudden, quick, with decisive fate, with the intent to utterly conquer and destroy. The message says, God will defeat your enemies who attack you. They'll come at you on one road, but they'll run away on seven roads. Ha, 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 ha. Remember he said, I'm going to curse those who curse you. You cannot curse whom God has blessed. Talk all you want, say all you want, but I'm living under the commanded blessing of the Lord. I am blessed. Amen. So God's serious about this. He's serious. He's not going to bless anyone who opposes you. Why? Because he said, I will be an enemy to your enemies. And I will literally oppose those who oppose you. That means all of our enemies that come against us shall not prevail because the God says, I am going to smite them on your behalf. You know, when the devil's been smited, he's been smited. He said, I'm going to do it quickly. I'm going to do it decisively. Verse 8 says this. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouse. Think about it. The captain of your salvation. Commanding his blessing upon your checkbook. Commanding his blessing upon your savings account. Commanding his blessing upon this church. He said, I will command the blessing upon you in your storehouses. And because you are blessed, everything that you put your hand to is going to prosper. And the Bible says, he shall bless you in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Let me just quote this one. The message says, God will order a blessing on your barns and your workplaces. Verse 9 and verse 10. It says here, The Lord shall establish thee in holy people unto himself, as he has sworn unto thee. If thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God, and walk in his ways, which basically, when summing it all up, is walking in love. And all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. This word established, the Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself. The word established in the Hebrew means he'll raise you up to become a powerful people. The word holy there means that we're set apart, that we're consecrated, and we're purified, and we're protected from ruin. The message says this, that all the peoples of the earth will see you living under the name of the Lord your God and hold you in respectful awe. 
Verse 11. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods. Notice he didn't say he will make you plenteous in bads. He's not the author of bads. He's the author of goods. And the Lord shall make you plenteous in goods. In the fruit of your body. In the fruit of your cattle. In the fruit of your ground. In the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give you. The word plenteous there in the Hebrew means abundance, to have more than enough. It means excess, too much, with much left over. Say with me, He is the God of too, too much. The Amplified says, and the Lord will make you to have a surplus of prosperity. The message says this, God will lavish you with good things. You know what lavish means, right? Lavish is what you do with your baked potato when you put butter on it. It's the overflow. And then verse 12. Verse 12 says, The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure. The heaven to give rain unto thy land in his season. Amen. Rain in the time of the latter rain. And to bless all the work of your hand. You know, when you go to work tomorrow, you ought to just thank God. God, you're blessing the work of my hand. Just hold your hands up and say, thank you, Lord. You are blessing the work of my hand. You are giving me wisdom. You are giving me insight and how to to be a greater blessing in the marketplace. How to be a greater blessing on the job. Remember this. When you go to work tomorrow, you're blessed coming in. And while you're at work, whatever you put your hand to is going to prosper. I mean, God will give you ideas right on the job. He'll fill you with wisdom. While you're on the job, (laughs) you're prospering. And then when you leave your job, you're blessed. Bless coming in. Bless going out. He will bless all the work of your hand. Oh, I like this one. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. Hallelujah. Now notice this word treasure up there. The, the Lord will open unto thee his good treasure. That word in the Hebrew is treasury. It's depository. It is armory. One translation says this. The Lord will open up for you his own well-stocked storehouse. The Lord will open unto you his good treasure, his well-stocked storehouse. The NIV says... The storehouse of his bounty. The stone edition, which is used by Jewish rabbis. The stone edition says of treasure. It says his storehouse of goodness. Everything that you will ever need in life, in abundance, is in the great storehouse. And God said... I'm going to open it to you. Everyone say open. 
Now the word open is not just, well, we're going to open the window. That word open in the Hebrew is to let loose and to throw open. Throw it open. The message says this, God will throw open the doors of his sky vaults. Hallelujah. Here we are, Lord. Send the rain. Look no further. This is literally the same word in Malachi 3.10. You don't need to look there. But it says this in the message. Bring your full tithe to the temple treasury. So that there may be ample provisions in my temple. Test me in this and see if I don't open up heaven itself to pour you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. The psalmist had revelation of this. The psalmist said, the same psalmist said, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I can hardly wait till Brenda gets home to cook me breakfast. I told her I've got some eggs at the grocery store. I got some sausage and I got some bacon. And she says, oh, I haven't had that for a while. She says, oh, I guess I had it the other day. But little does she know that I got it for me. Hallelujah. So tomorrow morning, I'm going to be, oh, there's nothing like bacon gravy. Okay. But the same psalmist who said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. The same psalmist said this, oh, how great is your goodness that is in your storehouse that you have laid up for God's heirs and Jesus' joint heirs. We're not just a preaching here today. We are believing. And we are receiving. To get greater revelation. Into the goodness of God. This word goodness is prosperity. It's good things. And it also means property. There is property for you and me in this great storehouse. Property. Property. Somebody says, yeah, it is so expensive in the Bay Area. Stop thinking about how expensive it is and start thinking how great your God is and how open his storehouse is for you. Amen. So what are you saying today? I'm saying this. Abraham's blessings are yours. And that heaven is overloaded with things That he's prepared for us. There is an untapped supply that exists. There are unclaimed treasures of heaven awaiting your bold claim of faith. There's a supply in the storehouse that the church has never before accessed. I was reading yesterday uh, something by Lisa Combs. Lisa Combs is... Joel Osteen's uh, sister. And she's got a lot of great things to say. I highly recommend her ministry to you. 
is Lisa Combs, C-O-M-E-S. If you want to Google it, you can get online. You can see many outlines that she has and many articles that she has. She's a very anointed young woman. As a matter of fact, um, she is the one in the Osteen family that opened up a package that came. It was intended to go for John Osteen, who is Joel's dad, who's since gone on to be with the Lord. And that had a bunch of stuff in it. It was just like a, almost like a bomb where nails and stuff just came into her body and almost killed her. But God. But God. But God restored her and turned her around. Amen. And healed her body. So she's got a lot of things to say. So I was reading this article by her yesterday. I think you would uh, enjoy part of this. She said this. She said, did you know that there are billions of dollars worth of unclaimed inheritances in the United States? Unclaimed inheritances. And then she went on to say, you can search online and Google these two words, unclaimed inheritance. You might find your name there. And she said, and you will find that there are unclaimed properties, assets, and inheritances because the heirs cannot be found. In other words, she said, there are people who have received inheritances and they don't even know it. And you and I have received an inheritance from Jesus that we need to claim. We have a will. His will is His Word. We've gathered here together this morning for the reading of the will. And this discloses our inheritance and what belongs to us. A word from the Lord came from Brother Kenneth Copeland in the month of November of 2011. And I want to read it to you. This word came and it said, I have a great storehouse. Much more has been stored up in the storehouse of riches beyond your wildest dreams that I have laid up for you before the foundation of the world. Much more is stored up there than what the church has ever called for. Much more is laid up for you than what you've ever called for. And then he went on by the Spirit. He said, I have never held back on the church, says the Lord, and the God of plenty. I have made it available to you. I have put it in my word And I gave you promise and stood behind it with blood. The precious blood of your Savior. Then listen to this. But there has been a backwardness in my people about laying hold of the things that I provided for you. But I will say this, and I believe this is us. There is a people in the land. There is a people in the Bay Area. There is a people around the world. There is a people strong and mighty. Growing much stronger and much mightier and more bold to lay hold and put their claim of faith on the things that I have laid up for you. And it thrills me, saith the Lord, because it's been yours all the time. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to notice, let's break this down just a moment, and we'll be out of here in a few minutes. 
Notice with me, he said, by the Spirit, there has been a backwardness in my people about laying hold of the things that I provided for them. This word backwardness, according to Merriam-Webster, means to be behind and not as advanced in learning or development. That's why it's so important for you to hear this. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Here's what I want to encourage you with. I want to encourage you to find out what His Word says. What belongs to you. And take possession of it and claim it with all your heart. Because you cannot claim what you don't know what belongs to you. And I just say by the word of God in verse 13 and verse 14 of Deuteronomy. And the Lord will make you the head, not the tail. You'll be above only and you'll not be beneath. If you hearken unto the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you this day to do and to observe them. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. Heaven has always had a good economy. Here's what Gloria says. That is where we receive from. It doesn't matter what's happening in the earth. We're not receiving it from the earth. We're receiving it from heaven. Let's stand up for a moment. Let's stand up for a moment. To see the blessing, we must believe in it. To see the blessing, we must speak the blessing. So let's do that right now. Say this with me. I am. I am blessed. Coming in. Going out. In the city. In the field. Whatever my hand touches is blessed. I am expecting the blessing. I have a favorable, confident expectation of the blessing showing up in my spirit, in my mind, in my body, in every area of my life. I will practice talking and thinking about being blessed. How many of you take selfies of yourself? Anybody ever taken a selfie? Well, just go ahead and take a selfie and tell yourself, Hello, blessed. I ain't going to live poor no more. Father, right now in the name of Jesus... May the eyes of our hearts be encouraged today. Lord, it seems like in the natural realm, we're so far away from receiving, but we are not far away because you live on the inside of us. And you've given us faith to boldly proclaim and to claim our inheritance. Say it with me. I claim my full inheritance in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you got something out of this today. Glory to God.